When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nix.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com. What's up, Movie Trivia Schmodown fans? Welcome to the Schmodown Rundown, the official episode of the Movie Trivia Schmodown. My name is Brad Gilmore, you might know me by another name. You might know me as The Boat. And I'm joined by the Illa boy from Illinois. Make some room for Frank Jenga Janish. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm feeling really good about them. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. That's what up, right. West Coast Frank? That's right. We are live. We're not pre-recorded, Canada Rocks. We are live, and you saw Hungry for Goat. Everyone's Hungry for Goat these days. It was a tournament final, and eh, whatever. But uh, a special Sunday night edition of The Rundown, Brad. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was a busy week um, for the boat, Brad Gilmore, for, for the West Coast Frank man himself, Frank Jenga Janish. And a lot happened in the world of movie trivia Shmoda. I felt like we needed to bring it to you live. Not only was it John, the outlaw Roka's birthday this week, turning the big five to the O, blowing up his spot. Five to the O, blowing up his spot. Yeah, my man turned 50. John Roka, shout out to you. Happy birthday, man. Not only that, not only was it back to the future day. Yes, that's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Can I get a great Scott? Great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Not only was it Back to the Future Day, um, which, by the way, go check out Season 7, Back to the Future, the podcast just started, had Bob Gale, the creator of Back to the Future, on, so awesome. go check that out. Um, not only did all that happen, Frank Janish, um, a lot happened in the world of the movie trivia showdown, and I felt like it was best to address it live. We had a tournament final that went on. We had a record-setting year for a legendary player that took place this week, and we also, though, need to start up top- Without wasting any time, 
talking once again about our man, uh, Kevin Smets, the Smasher, who had a big announcement this week. He um, went on SEN Live, and he announced that he has... And, and Frank, correct me I, about the pronunciation if you're aware, yeah. but but I know it's, it's stage three colon cancer, but there's a specific term for it. Colorectal? Colorectal cancer, stage three. Colorectal yeah. cancer. Stage three colorectal cancer. Um, he definitely announced that, and the community has been pouring out um, 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 well wishes to the smasher. We uh, put up a, a little video on Twitter, but Frank, I think that right now would be a good moment in time to recognize Kevin. And I know you and he, as well as he and I, but you and he have a very close bond. You actually lived together for several months yeah. uh, earlier this year. Yeah, when I first moved out here to LA, uh, Kevin was um, more than willing uh, to say, hey, you know, you can stay with me for as long as you need. And uh, I took him up on that <laughs> as so much so that, uh, you know, I was uh, there at the start of quarantine when quarantine all happened. And so things got kind of uh, crazy, which was, you know, we talked about it was kind of like a blessing in the skies that I was there because Kevin lived alone and throughout the quarantine when I was there, at least he had someone there. So it didn't go completely stir crazy in his apartment all alone. Like I know a lot of people um, out there probably did. So that was, it was actually nice to go through quarantine. Most of the part with, with Kevin and um, you know, up to that point, we we're pretty good friends. And even I think through that whole thing, I think, you know, we got a little bit closer as friends and uh, you know, to hear the news about Kevin and what he's going to be going through um, really sucks. And honestly, it, it really didn't hit me until he made it public. And I was like, damn, like it still probably re really hasn't hit me. I mean, he, you know, but I know what, what has hit me is all the support and all the love for Kevin. And, and he's going to get that tenfold from everybody in the community. And a lot of things are going on in terms of, uh, drumming up support in pockets of, of, of people out there I know are getting things together. There's a GoFundMe page right now for Kevin Smets um, put up by uh, Paul Preston and, and John Kaiser. So that link is in the description of this video. If you have the means to support Kevin uh, financially, um, go ahead and click that link and give whatever you can. And if you can't, um, messages, tweets, Instagram, Facebook, whatever you know you want to send towards Kevin's way, I know he will, he will just as much appreciate that. So, um, you know, we're in for a fight and uh, I know we're all with him every step of the way. Yeah. I, you know, I talked about it on, on, on my show with Jen Sturger and, and you and I spoke about it obviously um, a lot. And I reached out to Kevin directly and, and um, just, you, you couldn't find a nicer individual and I had nothing but a lot of love for Kevin Smets. Uh, all of our on show antics aside, uh, he's always been obviously one of my favorite people to talk to. And here's the thing. I see Janine the Machine, I believe, is in the chat, dropping the green hearts. And um, the most legendary of nights. I talk about it all the time. I talk about it <laughs> all the time. But one of the most legendary nights was just, okay, let me let me actually paint the full picture. Because I feel like I've never done it. And yeah. it, it, it just feels right. It was post-draft show slash award show. We went from the comedy store down the way to, what's the name of that place? Saddle Ranch. Yeah, we were at Saddle Ranch for a while. Um, ben Bateman lost the movie trivia showdown singles championship. Oops, cat out of the bag. But then we ended up finding it because there was a pretty practical <laughs> right. joke. Doesn't matter. So um, Kevin, I believe, gets an Uber for everybody. 
and we, we go back to his apartment and it was me, you, his, his soon to be wife, Dasha, um, Janine and Robert Parker. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just remember, uh, Robert Parker being, ah, slightly inebriated and yelling Mark McClure a lot. Um, <laughs> I just remember he kept yelling yeah. Mark McClure, Mark McClure. It was Mark McClure. We finally get to, uh, Kevin Smith's former residence and um, we, we get in there, and he offers me, Back to the Future fans will know this, he offers me a plate of peanut brittle. Can I tell you, he was, like, so excited to do this for you. Like, he got the peanut brittle, peanut, peanut brittle before we left, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna, you think you think he's going to get it? You think Red's going to get it? It was just like, it was, it was great. It was great. <laughs> yeah, 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 because I, I, for some reason, I mean, obviously there's a deleted scene from Back to the Future where, where George buys a bunch of peanut brittle. And you see him pouring it on the on the McFly family table. And then anyway, Janine, myself, Robert, Frank, and Kevin end up staying up for probably another hour and a half to at least to two yeah. hours, just having one of the funniest conversations of all time. I mean, this was the boat of evening conversations. I don't know if I ever laughed so hard. And that was where the um, Parlington Square thing came out, where the P-Square Boys for Life started, right. where That's the right. uh, <laughs> Pound Town was oh, created. No. <laughs> oh, All Robert this stuff Parker. went down. Oh, my Lord, Robert Parker was hilarious. And um, yeah, man, I mean, I just remember that night being so much fun and, and how inviting Kevin was. And, and I remember Kevin texting me later on just saying, hey, man, anytime you're in town, you need spot to lay your head. I'm gonna be there, so that's why we're always gonna be here for Kevin Smets. And um, I, the thing is, from what he was saying on SEN, and from what we know, he's looking. The, 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 this thing is looking pretty good, right? I mean, we're in the, we're in the ninety percent thing, but you know, this still no, is well, a yeah, yeah, super serious, right? Uh, uh, disease. When you hear that word, cancer, it's it's mm -hmm. terrible, and um, it's going to call. It's going to need a a great fight by a great competitor and a great warrior which is kevin the smasher smet so um well wishes speedy recovery i can't wait to see him come out at the free-for-all next year and everyone be like, ah! you know and freaking out and win the whole thing and he will he will cry like a baby on stage and i can't wait for that day i can't <sighs> wait for that day take and use those pictures as as blackmail it's not really blackmail but just be like send him every once in a while hey remember when you came back from cancer and and you started crying on stage. That's I just I just I can't wait for that day. You know, so. what a crazy statement you for you to say. What a crazy statement for you to say. But um, but you know, I mean, it's, it's going right? to be rough. That's what I it's think. Gonna, I think be, about the future like that. It's going to be a tough journey, obviously, for Kevin. But it's going to be much easier with the support of everybody in the community and his newborn baby, his brand new wife. Uh, he's got a great support system, and he knows it. Yeah. He knows it. He he's aware, and um, you know we'll we'll always make reference to it. And if you can, d definitely donate to that uh, GoFundMe. That Paul Preston, who uh, who also is another champion Absolutely. for all causes, but he's been so great to be a part of this league, and and he's done so many great things. I, I remember Barbarian, uh, and and his wife, and then obviously what happened with Paul Preston and his wife, and now Kevin Smets. Um, you know Paul Preston, what an absolute treasure of a human being. So get well. Smasher and hashtag smash cancer. Do it. Do it now. Yeah. Hey, Frank, before we move on, we are live. There's 
over 100 people watching, maybe 100 and a dozen, something such as that. Here's the thing, guys. We are, just like every other show, taking the Super Chats. Now, we're only taking Super Chats tonight um, so that we can keep count of them. If you want to go drop something in the streamlabs.com slash the smowdown, I would very much appreciate it, as would Frank. But you see, over Frank's left shoulder and over my right, you see the the, the Pocky One Chip Challenge. We are live here, okay? We are live, and if we get... What, what was the number we came up with? $250. If we get $250 of donations on this Zoom call, or no, this isn't a Zoom call. What is this? On this live stream, if we get $250 in donations, Frank and I will eat these live on camera. I have no water near me at all. <laughs> I am the boat, but I have no water near me. Um, the only thing, the only liquid I have is this. And, I, and I'm not tempted to crack the Pepsi Perfect oh, open. Oh, you Pepsi Perfect. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, uh, so um, if you want to see that, make sure you put in those those super chats. And if we get up to 250, Frank and I will eat these on, on yeah, camera. Yeah, so, someone, so someone keep a tally because you, you can't trust us to keep the tally. Yeah, I probably wouldn't keep it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't keep it. <laughs> like, I know, but, like, I'm like the numbers guy, but it's kind of hard to do it with this kind of like configuration we have. So yeah. uh, make sure we get that number. So if someone does want to keep track um, and, and don't just say it's 250 when it's really like $75, because I'll know that. I'll know that. <laughs> but uh, so I'm trusting you guys. We're trusting you guys out there. Yeah. Yeah. Our trust is in you. And um, I, and I definitely don't want to break open the the five year old Pepsi Perfect. That plus a Pocky Chip challenge would probably be, be not a great night for the boat. I, so. Well, I think you're kind of selling them even more with with how how much you're going to struggle with this, Brad. Yeah, you know what? Well, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be Sean Evans for a second. Do you like spicy? I got food? a whole thing of water. I got a whole <laughs> thing of water right here. Out of a gun. <laughs> <laughs> it's and it's, it's it's a Yeti, so this thing's gonna be cold for the whole show, buddy. Oh man, all I have is a uh, the residue of some tea that I drank on Thursday and a five year old bottle of Pepsi. I didn't think <laughs> this through. I didn't think this through, but um, but we have a lot to talk about, obviously, um, this week. So let's get into it, Frank, because the biggest thing that happened was the tournament final. We we saw it. We finally went down. This what was it? Did it ended up it was thirty six right? Because there's play in matches. So it was a thirty six yeah. person tournament. Oh Lord, I'm seeing these things jump in here now. These super chats, not not uh -oh. happy. Oh boy! Did you get one of those Back to the Future box things like Christian opened on Sen Live the other day? No, I didn't get one. Salad von Baco, but thankfully I already owned everything in that box. Uh, video well, Drew what? saying, "Hi, is this live?" Yes, it is. Video Drew, and Janice says, "Let's go." I want to see Boat go through this fire. So there's fifteen dollars already. We're well on our way um, to that two hundred fifty dollar donation so Excellent. we'll we'll see we'll see i didn't get the back to the future thing man everybody else got it roxy got it christian got it john roca who said that marty mcfly's name was fruit of the looms got it i mean how did everyone get this but the boat you know this is my this is my uh galaxy's don't edge moment it, right now this is, this is my galaxy's edge moment. Don't say i don't it. i don't get it i, I really know. don't get it I really don't. You know, hosting this podcast for five years, been trumpeting back to the future. I'm not even joking. I'm not even joking. I wrote a whole book about it, 
an entire book that went to number one on Amazon. Not only did they not include the book in the box that everybody got, they included two other books. They included two other books. And I didn't even get sent the box. I didn't even get sent the box. It is It is really, it was, I, I'm be honest with you. I did DM Roxy. I was like, yo, what's up with this? I commented on Rogan <laughs> when I saw Emma Fife get one. And then, then I saw Christian, I, I mean, just disrespectful to quote the great R to the B to the yeah. three. I, disrespectful. I think probably because you're just not an influencer. You know, it's, it's an influencer box. Oh, yeah. I'm not an influencer. I mean, clearly they don't think you are. I so, don't influence. I don't. I. I don't trumpet the cause of Back to the Future. Hold on, hold on, guys. I got a. My mom just texted me. She's like, "How do I send money through Super Chat?" Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I don't want this to happen. Oh, we Look, just had uh, Canada you Ross. A, you got to link link an account with through YouTube. It's a whole thing that obviously I can't get into right now. Darn it! Just oh darn. Uh, but I'm sure one of my <laughs> sisters could help you out there but uh yeah uh canter rocks at the five dollars roshane green with the twenty dollars nice. with the smash cancer by the way thank you to you so i think we're up to forty dollars this is oh is janine keeping good. count oh boy this is not good this is not good but anyway i am an influencer the boat is an influencer and it okay. is a damn shame that on back to the future day not only did i have the creator of Back to the Future, Bob Gale on. I, I had a snippet of my conversation with Christopher Lloyd on there. And, and and I still, I still get this kind of disrespect. I mean, come on now. Come on now. Come on. If if there's anybody listening from Universal Pictures Home and Entertainment this evening, please hook the man up right here, the boat with the box. All right? Nobody trumpets the cause more than I. Hook the boat up with the box. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, sorry. What were um, we talking about? The tournament final. Yeah, the, the tournament final. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't know it, but uh, we actually were trying to, yeah. <laughs> yes, we were talking about the tournament final. So it started off with 36 people, whittled down to 32, and then walk me through the names again. There was the 616. The, 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 oh, you're talking about like how a yes. section one. So it was uh, the Savage 16, right? Savage 16, and, and then, then it whittled it down would... to the. It was the, uh, you think I know this? I do. Extreme The Extreme 8, right? The Fearsome 4, and then uh, the final. That was it. The, yeah. the last two. That's it, yeah. <laughs> then the last two. Just the two but of But it us, came yeah. down, did anybody in their bracket, could they have imagined it coming down to Jeff Snyder and Adam Collins? I don't think that anybody had this happening. I think that for a moment there was some smoke behind Jeff, um, but I, I never heard anybody say, "Oh, tournament final is definitely going to be Adam Collins versus Jeff Snyder." Yeah, I think when you looked at the brackets, uh, I, 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 William Bibiani was a heavy favorite, right? Obviously, um, doing as well as he did last year, right? And then you look at the other side of that bracket with Ethan Irwin um, in there. I mean, the guy is a juggernaut, so I, I think. Those were your two that you would point towards as your favorites. Obviously, John Roca um, was at the top of that left side of the bracket, who you know had to play a play-in player, and that happened to be Adam Collins, who turned out to be the tournament winner. So, uh, yes, uh, just an unexpected journey for Adam Collins, and uh, you know, 
crazy ends to Ethan Irwin's run and to William Bibiani's run. I mean, those guys, I think who you, you could say were the favorites in this tournament more so than anybody else. Uh, they did not end up in the final. Um, Ethan Irwin got a little bit closer than Bibiani, but nonetheless, Jeff Snyder is our runner up for the 2020 tournament. And Adam Collins, he joins Ben Bateman, Ethan Irwin, Mark Ellis, Mark Riley, and Sam Levine. You know, so did I leave anybody out? No, I think that's it. Uh, ben Bateman and Ben Bateman, right? Ben Bateman, mm-hmm. right? Ben yeah. won. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, crazy. That, I mean, that's a pretty legendary lineup of individuals that Adam Collins now making his debut within this tournament and going all the way to the end, beating all those names. It's pretty crazy. When you call to, um, when, when, and when you look at it and you call back to the, um, you call back to the free agency. When Adam Collins got picked up, nobody was talking about that. We made mention of it, right? But the, what, was, yeah. what were people talking about? People talking about Kevin Smith? Talking about Chris Jericho and the trades that were going on behind the scenes. Nobody was really talking about Adam Collins. And Shannon Barney walks away from that free agency, the absolute winner. Because not not only did Jericho and Smith, the match, mean a lot for the Mutri Schmodown, and and we should recognize them uh, for, for bringing all the attention that they did. I mean, hell, they played at New York City Comic Con, right? Right. But... Adam Collins was the superstar of the draft. We just didn't know it yet. You know, it was like when Bit when, when Biff got knocked out by George in the parking lot of Hill Valley High School. He didn't we, we, he didn't know that he was going to go on to write that book, right? Well, he didn't know that he would be a massive success in the future, but but it turned out that he was, and that was Adam Collins. Adam Collins is George McFly. Uh yeah, I guess so. In that sense, <laughs> although Can I, I think, get a great yeah. Scott, great Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, it was just. Um, yeah, I really don't even know how to follow that up, Brad. I mean, how can you follow up Christopher Lloyd? You just. Ah, uh, you can't. Can uh, <laughs> um, but 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 do you think that now? Because I know we're going to get to it in a little bit. But is Shannon now in the running for manager oh. of the year? Is she the manager of the year? Absolutely. Is she the manager of the year? That's, Two tournaments. Right. She has quite a, um, a list of accomplishments for this year. A while back, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I said the race between Winston Marshall and Shannon Barney is a lot closer than people realize, or that, it, or at least that it should be a lot closer than because I would see the polls, who's manager of the year, and Winston was pretty much had a, a pretty sizable lead over over Shannon, and then, you know, Koi was in there as well. Uh, people voting for Koi, rightfully so. Um, but it was, it was supposed to be this Winston's award. After the conclusion of this tournament, with Adam Collins winning, Blina being a play-in winner at that, and being picked up in free agency midway through the year, he wasn't even drafted. You got to look at what Shannon Barney has done uh, throughout the entire year. You know, they can say, you know, people would point towards, well, she had Chance and Mike and well, yeah, you have good players, but you also got to get them to perform to their capabilities. Just look at Tom Dagnino. Did he get his guys to perform to the best of their abilities? Sort of mostly, I think. I mean, Dan Merle's played amazing. I think if it wasn't for 
Ben Bateman being on the same squad as the Finstock Exchange, having those inner faction matches, I think actually that kind of hampers someone for for manager of the year because you're automatically set up for an L. Uh, whether or not the loser of that match plays great, which Ben for the most part played pretty great in those in those two title matches. Uh, it's a good problem, good problem to have for in terms of winning belts, but manager of the year stuff, it can get a little murky with that kind of stuff, I think. And I actually I put out um, somewhat of a little makeshift graphic of accuracy rates and PPE percentages, uh, a cumulative total for all the, the factions, and corruption was at the top of accuracy and the PPE. Number two was was uh, swag for both of those. And then the quirky mercs were at number three for those categories. And at fourth, Finstock Exchange. So uh, you can say they've under, underperformed to their abilities, right? Still good play, but underperformed to their abilities. Shannon has had really good players that performed to their abilities and won. You know, she dominated the, the Intergeekdom tournament, won that. She's got a title shot at Spectacular for Intergeekdom. And then Adam Collins, yeah, Mike Kalaski bowed out pretty early. Chance went on a little bit of a run, ran into Liz Shannon Miller with some incredible play and luck. But then Adam Collins was the one to bring it home. Uh, and not to mention Marisol got a playing playing match to play against Oyama. So she, she had everybody to do a little bit of something. Um, and she has two players in the top six of points earned. Um, not Swag doesn't have that, you know, in terms of faction points we're talking about here. So she's gotten her players to deliver uh, for the most part. So has Winston. And now it's just how are you going to split these hairs? between Winston Marshall and Shannon Barney, because this is a very tight race that will probably, I think, in a lot of fans' minds, be determined as spectacular and who comes out on top. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, if she goes over in the two matches that she has currently booked at the Spectacular, with possibilities of, of more, if, uh, well... Uh, if Deception yeah. goes on a run, sure. Right, if Deception goes on a run, yeah. She has possibility of more. Um, I, and she goes over... Yeah, she, she, I think that I think that fumbling the football right there, like Danny Dimes, you know, what I mean, falling right before you get to the uh, <laughs> gridiron there, unreal. You get to unreal. the end zone. I mean, I did love the Booker um, T Photoshop. That was pretty great. The Booker T one was great. Yeah. yeah, that one was really funny. That one made me laugh. But um, yeah, I mean, if she fumbles it right there at the end, then sure, she she kind of forfeits over to Winston Marshall as for manager of the year. However. Even if she splits victories out of the two that she has right now, say Chance comes out with the title or Adam Collins comes off with the championship, both are likely scenarios, right? Yeah. Then I think she locks up. As long as she wins one title, it, it, it's a wrap. It's probably more important to beat Chandra because he's swagged the competing faction, right? It's true. So probably more important for that win, but which is crazy to say because any win over Dan Merle is massively important for anyone's career or legacy. But in terms of the manager race um, and faction race, for that matter, you, you got to um, get those victories over your over those next two those, those next two factions, Swag and the Exchange. By the way, shout out to Danny Boy Merle, who um, has now relocated back to the third coast. Uh, he's repping the South once again uh, over there in Arkansas. Which, by the way, I'm going to be traveling to Arkansas soon, so maybe oh, I can run into Dan tomorrow. I don't know. Well, do you know where he moved to? No, Arkansas? they don't tell me just, everything, Brad. Just the state. <laughs> we know he's in the state. Yeah. <laughs> That's all we know. We know he's in the state. Maybe I, I need to hit him up. But um, yeah, I think that uh, for like as you said, 
beating Chandru means more for the battle between corruption and swag. However, Adam Collins, if he were to go on to beat Dan, that would be incredible. And I want to get there. I want to get there. I want I right. want you I want to talk about that in a second, but let's get back to let's get back to the match at hand. Because going into this, not only was Adam Collins impressive, we all knew that he was impressive, but really the story was also on the other end of the spectrum, Jeff Snyder. Jeff Snyder began to play and perform better than he ever had in the history of his career as a singles competitor. Now, when you think of Jeff Snyder, you automatically think of one of the two uh, or maybe the greatest team player of all time. You have to put him in that conversation. As a singles player, he puts himself number one, but not everybody always puts him either on the Mount Rushmore or even right. in the conversation. However, this year, Frank, the numbers do not lie when it comes to the one in Snyder, Jeff Snyder, do they? No, they not. No, they do not. Look at here uh, with uh, Jeff Snyder. Uh, look at his 2020 year numbers down here. All career best. Um, going back, obviously, from the start of the league in 2016. And he just had a hell of a year. Just massive improvement in round one, you know, averaging five points last year to borderline eight points this year. Perfect round. He had a couple this year, uh, seven and eight point first rounds. And then round two average, huge, especially in today's competitive nature, uh, you know, six 0.3 points averaging out of a possible eight. This is out of possible eight. No steal opportunities here um, that I'm taking into account here. Same thing with round one, not taking into account the bonus. Um, so it's not a, both are out of an eight point possibility. 6.3 points for Snyder here compared to last year's 4.7, really bad. And the year before that, 2018, four points. I mean, just awful, <laughs> awful stuff. And to raise that uh, two full points, basically, to be obviously very competitive this year uh 6.3 there i mean coming out to 13 almost 13.8 points per the first two rounds not including any bonus or steal opportunities uh the guy really elevated his game and you gotta wonder what's the difference what was the difference i think you would have to point towards roxy stryer because mm -hmm. he didn't really have her in his corner of 2019, yeah, a little bit, three games there, but he, but it was kind of just getting the start of all that. And this year, with the full manager implementation that we have uh, this year, look what Jeff Snyder has been able to do in singles. Now, let's see what happens in teams. This team's tournament coming up, it's going to be uh, interesting to see. But uh, you can't deny that his numbers here this year um, are such a massive leap from from last year. Uh, it, it just it goes to show you that. Snyder is really one of the greats of the game, and he should be mentioned more in terms of Rushmore uh, conversation because I think this did a huge amount for his overall legacy in the game. Yeah, this this run really solidified Jeff Snyder in, in a multitude of ways. I think that he was already solidified in the team's division, as I said earlier. However... For him to go on this run and to improve his numbers to this nth degree, he's really, and I here I go, here's, here's the comment section about to light up with the Houston sports references, but he really was in this tournament, he was like a Russell Westbrook after KD left, right? You're, you're, you're known for being in this great pair, you know, him and you know, Russ and KD, Russ and KD, Russ and KD, Jeff and JT, Jeff and Mark, Jeff and JT, Jeff and Mark. 
And then you kind of venture off on your own. When Katie leaves, goes to the Warriors, what does Russell Westbrook do? Does he win a championship? No. But what does he do? He averages a triple-double for the entire season, right? No one had done that since Oscar Robertson back way back when they were playing with a bunch of orthodontists and shoe cobblers <laughs> during the offseason, right? Russell Westbrook did something legendary that cemented really his place in NBA lore. Jeff Snyder has done the very same thing. These numbers, I want to go back to them again. Look at yeah. that. From 2019 to 2020, right? He doubled his wins. He added two and a half points to his round one average and then jumped up from 4.7 to 6.3 points in the second round. Those are those are crazy jumps. Those are insane jumps, really, in my opinion. And that is why Jeff Snyder will continue to be competitive in any match. As long as he plays like this, and as long as he has Roxy Stryer in his corner, I'm not confident that the odd couple will be a team next year. I'm not. But I am confident that Jeff Snyder will be in conversations as far as the singles division goes as a potential belt holder. I really believe that. And his numbers and his performance, even in this match, in defeat, yeah. solidify that stance to me. Yeah, and uh, let's look at Jeff Snyder's line uh, this year, right? Um, Another $5 after, Super Chat real quick. $5. <laughs> uh, let's see. Spicy boat and spicy numbers. Can they hang with the spice? Hashtag smash cancer. Um, okay. So, yeah. Uh, great. So, I think we're at 50. <laughs> great. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Uh, yeah, so Jeff Snyder again, four and two this year, one knockout, XC rate of 89% this year with a PPE rate of 79%. Uh, look at his final round, though, 10 out of 13 this year, but two for four on five pointers. And you want to know where those misses are. His first match against Ethan Irwin uh, resulted in L, and this match against Adam Collins couldn't hit the five pointer, resulted in an L. Now, that's not really that shouldn't be a shock to anybody that if you miss your five pointers, you're going to lose your matches. But in the six matches that he had this year, he had to go through uh, four five point scenarios. So, and and again, you don't want to get to the five pointer these days. There's just too much is left up to uh, the universe, the schmoverse, if you will, uh, and which way the wind's going to blow that day. Just ask Ben Bateman. So, for him to put up the numbers that he did uh, in the first two rounds, we, you know, we know we noted the jump in, in, in the points there. That's going to put you in position to win a lot of matches, and it did for him this year, one four, and came up just short here against Adam Collins. So going forward into next year and building off of this will be very interesting. But this performance that he put on throughout the tournament is leading him into this team's tournament, and I think the pressure is going to be a little bit more on Andreco because your teammate just went on this incredible run. He's playing really well. Now it's up to you as his teammate to to kind of match that level. And I think Andreco can do it. Uh, he's been working hard uh, this year on the game, and I think he's really looking forward to getting back into it and, and really going on a run here with Jeff because after this, I think, after this run for Jeff, I know what we were talking about earlier, will a couple be around? And Roxy has said the right thing. We'll take a look at it at the end of the year. I'm not going to make any declarations right now. We'll see what happens. And that's the right thing to do and the right thing to say. I I think they're going to be all right. I think that this will be a team next year. Um, and it's because of a guy like Jeff Snyder. Because if he can be your ace player, 
and and your number two quote unquote is Mark Andreco, you're doing really well. You're doing really, really yeah. well. Yeah, no, you're you're in good shape. You're in great shape. The thing is, do they still want to be a team? I, I I'm not I'm not uh very confident in that. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not confident because I've heard Mark Andreco float out these possibilities and then Jeff's kind of like, yeah, whatever he wants to do, he can do. I'm Jeff Snyder. And Roxy Stryer is probably going to try to hold them together. Yeah. And maybe they stick around. Maybe it's all talk. You know, you know, couples go through things, and they are an odd couple. I think, so, I think uh, it's just a bit of having fun with it. That's from Andreco's perspective. Let me have a little fun with it. Uh, but I think in the heart of hearts, they're, they're going to stay together. Every, all those so? three. I think so. I'd, I'd be okay. really surprised if they didn't, to tell you the truth. Well, you know what? I would have been surprised if you would have told me at the end of the NBA season, Mike D'Antoni and uh, Daryl Morey would be gone from the Houston Rockets. (laughs) Here we are. Um, Why don't we talk about Adam Collins? Adam Collins, you know, and once again, shout out to Jeff Snyder for incredible performance. But Adam Collins is 6-0. We haven't seen somebody go on a run like this since Oyama went on to win the belt. Right. And Oyama, I believe, won the championship in his sixth match. Was that correct? No, his fifth match. He won his fifth match. That's right. You're right. He beat Dan in, in his fifth match, and then he right. went on to defend in his sixth. Uh, and he went six and oh. Weird coincidental uh, stat facts that I that I love that just kind of dawned on me. Uh, Paul Oyama to go six and oh had to beat Jeff Snyder. Jeff Snyder. Adam Collins to go six and oh had to beat. Jeff Snyder. I, that's a it's a weird stat, uh, and one if you're Jeff Snyder, don't want to be a part of. So you're like the stepping stone to six and zero, oh, two straight guys yeah. in a row. Now that's that's not what you want to you know be associated with per se, but uh, crazy. It's just one of those crazy um, baseball like weird stats that the Schmodown has. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that is interesting right there. But Adam Collins to go six and zero, oh, rookie season, same like Paul Oyama. Win the entire tournament with these numbers. I mean, look at his accuracy rating, 95%. The only match where he really saw struggle really was the Brendan Meyer match. And Jeff Snyder gave him, I think, the second toughest battle mm-hmm. um, out of his out of his entire run thus far. Um, but 95%, his PPE was 92%. Second player ever to start 6-0 right behind Paulo Yama, like we said before. If... This pattern continues. An undefeated rookie facing Dan Merle for the championship. Again, those weird baseball stats, we've seen it before. Yeah. And the title changed hands. What do you think, first off, of Adam Conlon's performance against Jeff Snyder? And then I want to ask you about his potential championship in the future at Spectacular. Yeah, so getting into the match a little bit here, first round, uh, Adam Collins has a one point lead over Jeff, eight to seven. Adam Collins misses the bonus. Um, I like the decision, like like Shannon said to to Adam to not use a repeat there. Um, I'm okay. I was actually I would have been okay either way, um, mm-hmm. but it is a five round match, so it's really how do you feel about it in that type of situation? Does a repeat really feel like it could get you to that answer? If it doesn't then yeah, the, the right move for you right there then is to not use it, especially with the five-round match. Going into that second round, Adam Collins and Jeff Snyder, uh, this round was intense, intense round. Um, Adam Collins sticking with Stanley Kubrick, I was I was very interested, a little bit worried for him. Uh, and the more, at the moment, and the more I thought about it, 
you know, they were talking about how this wheel wasn't particularly favorable, uh, really for both players. They really didn't like the wheel. At least that's how they put it out there. I, I believe more the the Rockstar camp than I do the Corruption camp on that. I think looking at this, and I don't know, I talked to Adam a little bit about the match, but I didn't ask him this part. But I'm starting to think that he actually put Kubrick on the wheel. And I think he also put that inner Geekdom slice there on the wheel. Um I'm fairly confident he put the energy thumb. I, I think he put the Kubrick on there and kind of gave the inclination of, I don't know how I'll do in Kubrick, but we'll take a shot because the answers he got right in this category lead me to believe he prepared for this category. And that's why I was on the wheel. I mean, his, his answers were a little bit more specific, much more specific than the ones that Jeff Snyder was required to give. And that's just nature of the game. And it was impressive to see Adam Collins go through that round um, the way that he did and earn all eight points. It's it's a massive uh, feat for him to do it in that spot, especially going first and not knowing what Jeff would be able to do or how to counter that. And then Jeff landing with Tyler Perry and and gutting his way through that uh, category that particularly wasn't easy for him, but those questions were very gettable Uh, comparatively to Adam Collins you could have not have seen a single Tyler Perry movie and gotten all those questions right, unlike Adam Collins, where you had to really have seen the movie to pull out some of those answers that he was given. Um, so very interesting first two rounds between these two guys. And uh, Jeff Snyder was only down one point. And from there on out, I, I think the match kind of got a little bit um, away from Snyder, relatively speaking. But uh, Adam Collins, I think, throughout this entire match was just... He was laser focused, played like a veteran. He had a presence about him um, that that you don't really see in these in these spots a whole lot, if only because you don't see a lot of rookies in this spot. And this performance is one of the better title match performances we've ever seen, not just from a statistical standpoint, but I think from how he managed the entire game all the way through. Because there were some uh, turns and twists here, especially when we get into that. We'll talk a little bit about the speed around stuff, but uh, him having to navigate all that and the theatrics from the rock stars, Roxy and Snyder, I think he did a really good job of of navigating all of that. And now he is the singles tournament uh, final winner, going on to play Dan Merrill. It's you know what else can you say? Correction. Uh oh. No, I just want to say that. I just want to say it. But he has come a long way from the man who said he couldn't feel his legs after he beat John Roca yeah. to being cool, calm, and collected and um, confident in this match. Now, I will say, Jeff is the ultimate, uh, you know, they used to call Triple H the cerebral assassin, hmm. right? Like he'd get in your head. Jeff really is the ultimate cerebral assassin in, in stuff like this. He knows how to annoy you and get under you. So I was worried that between him and Roxy, Roxy can also be a great annoyance if she wants to be um, to to competitors, her opponents, competitors, or her players' opponents, excuse me, competitors' opponents. Did I say that right? It doesn't matter. The point is, she's great at that as well. Adam Collins stayed cool, calm, and collected. Now, in that speed round that you mentioned, let's talk about Jeff for a second. What what was Jeff's numbers on that? Uh, he went well. At yeah. the end of the day, he went nine of ten for eight points. At the end of the day, at the end, at the end, at of, the end of the day. So, 
Where did you fall? Because it wouldn't be the rundown if we didn't talk about the controversy right. <laughs> of 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 the internet lagging, yeah. coupled with the uh, six seconds to be asked another question after the speed round had concluded, but is a different question than when the internet lags. So Adam Collins didn't get this question. Where do you sit on all of it? I think they handled it probably as well as you could actually handle it, given the environment and circumstances. I understand the reasoning for not giving Jeff the question, the initial question that uh, that he was not able to hear or you know an answer. I understand why Mark Ellis said to keep everything above board because while I'm inclined to believe Jeff when he says I didn't hear the question for the sake of integrity of the game, you you just as much as we all want to believe that to be the case, you just cannot leave the opening for, well, what if he did? What if he did? And by doing what they did here, they completely take that all away. And it was a comparable uh, question in terms of difficulty. That was, you know, in terms of what was being asked in that, in that speed round. And look, he got the point. So um, I, I think they handled it pretty well. Do I think it went over as smooth as the, the match made it seem like? No, because I'm certain that, Snyder or Roxy did say something. And I also do believe that Christian and Mark um, recognized what was happening and didn't need to have Roxy or Jeff say anything. I think it probably everyone recognized at some point really quickly, like, okay, we have a situation here. We got to like, oh yeah, yeah, yes. Roxy's Jeff. I get it. I, I know we know. Right. And so, and then they handled it. I think that's probably more of what went on because Mark Ellis made it seem like, look, I don't know if you guys caught this, but there was a little bit of a hiccup there. So we're going to ask Jeff a new question. I don't think it was all hunky dory like that. It never is in the Schmodown. Let me tell you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was I a great edit. Seen it. That was a great yeah. edit. <laughs> great edit. Um, yeah, I mean, I didn't mind. I didn't mind them doing what they did. Uh, but you know, I'm not. I'm never one who just makes a big fuss over rulings like that. I think that it was the right thing to do. Is the fair thing to do? I know that people were on two sides of the fence, obviously, like they always are um, with these kind of things. But I, I like the the outcome that, that happened. There always seems to be something with Jeff, though. There always seems to be something that goes on in his match that has to be yeah. this long, drawn-out thing. Um, real quick, on coming up next this week, this past week with Jen Sturger and myself, the um in our in our rapid fire questions, we were trying to debate should the buzzer stay for the for the speed round or should we continue with fast money even when we return to studio matches? You I and I, I feel like well, you know what? I'm sorry, you weren't finished. Go ahead. I thought well, I may have been wrong. I thought that you and I were pretty clear that, that we like this fast money version. Um, and we even floated the idea of maybe the champion gets to choose if it's fast money or not. But um, Christian was pretty adamant in the comment section that come studio matches, the yeah. buzzers are returning. Now, if you go and you read the comment section again, which I know doesn't determine the will of the people or determine the will of the Schmodown, maybe right. it's just the, the voice of the people. If you go back there, the majority are in aligned or are, are aligned with my thinking on it and think that we should keep the speed round that it is now, the fast money version. What say you, Frank Janish? Yeah, ultimately, when we when we go back to the studio, uh, I want the buzzers back. I do. I, I like 
the atmosphere that it brings as a fan, I, I understand for some competitors out there and maybe most competitors, I don't know, uh, high anxiety, but yeah, I, I think that just adds a different element to the game. Um, when it comes to these title matches and I understand the, the stance of, well, you're bringing in a physical aspect into a mental sport and all of that. I yeah. Like what I said. But, but, so that means everything just has to be mental. I mean, look, Jeopardy, mental game, but you still got to click the buzzer to get in, right? You can know the answer. You still got to click in before the other guy, and it doesn't always work out that way. So, uh, you know, I, I hear it, and I understand it, but my personal preference is the buzzer, and I, I just like the way uh, it comes across on screen, the way it comes across for the game. It just brings a different element, and it really does switch it switch it up and it's it's a bit refreshing to me when we can have that type of uh that type of round in the game by the way we're at our 53 dollar mark um we don't have a lot of show left to get so if y'all want to see us suffer with these one chip challenges please uh send in those super chats right now so we can count them out i i get what you're saying and i understand but in the same time at the same time Think about Family Feud, where this fast money round kind of emanates from. They have a buzzer, right? But they only use it for that first question. You don't yeah. see when they need to go to the to the fast money round to determine if you're going to walk away with that $20,000. You don't see them pulling out the buzzers then. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's well, the that's fast because money. They're, they're not playing against the other team at that point. They're playing against the game. And, well, and they don't this. continue to use the buzzer only, only for the first question. No, I'm only talking about the, the fast buzzer. money. It's not like they're no, playing against the other family in fast money. No, it's they're trying to accumulate as many dollars within both of their teammates to win the fast money. That's not what's going on here in the showdown. I don't know. I like the fast money. That's all I gotta say. I just like I know. Yeah, money. I mean, I like it too, but I prefer the physical buzzers. And they were imagine, they're, imagine they're, they're, look, they're not see. they're not flawed or rigged or anything like that. The buzzers actually work. Oh, I'm sure person. that they do. I'm sure that they do. I have no I have no qualms about yeah. that. I don't know if that was a thing that people were saying. No, yeah, I have no qualms there's, there's that they a work. Out not. there, they're always like, well, you know, the buzzers don't work. No, they absolutely do work. I've seen them work. They work. Trust. Here's me. my thing, though. Here's my thing. I look at it from like a production standpoint, and I'm looking at it from this camera blocking where you have the great shot of somebody in the soundproof booth with the headphones on, you know what I mean? And they're sitting there waiting, right? And then the other person goes and you see the clock, 59, 58, 57, and they're answering the questions and you see them on the board, boom, boom. And then you can see, you know how they do with fast money where it yeah. goes, you said, yeah. survey said, right? Uh, that's what I want to see. I want to see, you said, ba points, Green, okay, cool. Boom, green, boom, red, minus, whatever, right? And then the other person comes out, and you see their opponent's answers on the screen as they're answering. So you know already if they're right or wrong. It's just it's just the drama there. You want to talk about drama? You want to talk about drama, Frank Jan, especially when we're in a studio? It's going to be easier to do. These things are edited. We tape them. We turn it out. But you can't you do the, that the, in a live match, and we're doing we're doing more and more live title matches. You can't do it in a live match. It's going to be more of the, you know, kind of wait. And, right, you can walk over there. And then I understand what I understand Christian's gripe. I really do. And I, and I happen to agree with it, but I, I also, I, I mean, you know, look, people, we're going to get the buzzers. So deal with it. <laughs> we're going to get the buzzers. So deal salad with it. Von, salad Von Baco with the $5 super chat, can they just add both? Have a buzzer round and also a timed rapid question round. I like that more than having a betting round, personally. 
Um, you know, I see the logic there. I'm not a massive fan of the betting round, but it serves its purpose. It's an it's a needed aspect, I think, because it's we've seen it swing games crazily yes. before. Yeah. Um, Abigail Frios in the chat do the hot chip challenge. Abby, we need about uh, what is it, a hundred and. How many? How no, we need like two hundred. <laughs> we need like two hundred dollars. <laughs> a little under two hundred dollars. I think we need one hundred ninety-two dollars yeah. to go. One hundred ninety-two dollars. So if you like want to, yeah, yeah. if you want to slap down one hundred ninety-two spot, Abby, we will do it for you and for you only. But um, there, um, there was another thing in the speed round in regards to Adam Collins, where mm-hmm. Mark Ellis uh, said sitcom and not rom-com, and I, I know that like that actually did force Adam Collins to have to say pass because it was like, well, where did that come from? Um, but is it it's it's unfortunate, sure. And 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 that's part of again, I could use if I'm trying to again make a case against the fast money round is that the wording um and the and the or the pace of the wording for both competitors of the questions is not always going to be even. Buzz around, they both hear at the same time. And it's said however it's said, and they both get at the same time. There's no favorite, you know, they don't get a redo on that on that version because they've said it once, now they can say it again and say clear or better or faster or what have you. It's speed round, boom, is there, it's done for both people or both teams at the same time, and it's all square, whether it's good or bad or in between. Right? Yeah, I know, I hear, that. um, I hear So that's another argument, right? Uh, but in regards to this situation, uh, I, you know, Adam just felt like, look, it's one we just got to pass and let me knock out the rest of these. I have a lead and I'm not going to make a whole big thing about it. Just continue to move forward. And I think right there in that instance, while it would have sucked if it cost him the game, I think having the presence of mind to just say, look, stay with it, keep charging forward um, and not let it affect you. And he ended up getting eight out of eight. Right. And he came back around for like two questions that he passed up up top, the mystic river one. And, uh, the uh, I think it was the other Red, Eddie Redmayne question, um, Alicia Vikander, right? So I think he had a great speed round in that regard. Um, look, it's unfortunate that Mark Ellis said sitcom instead of rom-com. It's unfortunate that sometimes an umpire calls a ball strike or vice versa. It's just human error, you know? So it, it, it sucks and it's not intentional, but you play it as it lies, you know? Uh, I think that I think that you just hit it on the on the head there. Stuff happens. It's human error. We don't want robots taking over the world, do we? No. Have I ever told you? So there's an area in in Houston. It, I guess like technically the Beverly Hills area, right? Would be this area called River Oaks, the highest you know rent district, right? Where multi 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 million dollar homes. Okay, cool. So they have this shopping center over there. Called the River Oak Shopping Center. Go, go figure. And it's you know has Prada and Gucci and Cartier and all the high end brands, right? So I went there not too long ago, and their security guard at the River Oak Shopping Center is a robot. The security guard hmm. is a robot, hmm. and he and he walks down the sidewalks, patrols. And he has cameras all around him, right? Like all around his head. There's just cameras, 360. And this guy can turn on a dime, go this way, go that way. It's a pretty frightening prospect. 
I say that to say we don't want this guy calling the showdown matches. <laughs> no, we don't, right? <laughs> right. We like the human error. It gives Frank and I something to talk about. It's the fat on a big piece of meat, right? Gives you something to chew on. Yeah. Okay, Frank. Um, where do you think Adam Collins' chances of beating Dan Merle are? If you had to give him odds right now, is he two to one odds? Is it minus one fifty plus two fifty? What do we think? Percentage oh, man, chance. It's an interesting question because honestly, it really is fifty fifty for me. Um it, wow. it's that close. I think it's fifty fifty. And I say that because when I look at the way Dan Merrill has played this year, he's played really well, right? He's on a win streak of his own, four-game win streak, right? So he's, play, he's played in three title matches, two against Ben Bateman, one against Ethan Irwin. You know, he's defended twice already this year um, against Ethan Irwin and Ben Bateman, you know, on that second match. But look at how he had to win against Ben Bateman. Look at how he had to win against Ethan Irwin. Now it takes now he showed the true medal of a champion winning in those fashions, right? I don't think anyone could argue that. But he found himself in five and six point holes against Ben Bateman, right? In Atlanta was five points, you know, a few weeks ago, online six points. Ben Bateman both times had to lose the match. It was his to win, meaning it was he was in position. If he just did what he needed to do, even if Dan Merrill goes perfect, Ben Bateman could still win the match both times, right? So it was his to lose. If Dan Merle finds himself in a similar situation against Adam Collins, it's not looking good. I don't know how many times you can win in that fashion um, before it eventually bites you in the rear. Do I think Dan Merle's going to play like that? I, I don't. I'd like to think – I don't think he's going to play like that where he's going to fall behind, you know, due to a betting round. Basically, it's going to come down to the betting round kind of situation, I think. And and actually, going back real quick to Adam Collins' one-point wager, that betting round, I was a little disappointed that it was that conservative. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen him really put his boot on the throat of Jeff Snyder and bet three and then really just, you know – take him to task there. Um, but he didn't do that. And we'll see what he does here against Dan Merle. But Adam Collins has as good a shot um, as anyone has ever had against Dan Merle. If Dan Merle finds himself again in this Valley, which again, his Valley is like a ton of people's peaks. <laughs> so, um, right. <laughs> you know, he's still a great player, but Adam Collins, again, he's missed one question per match outside of the John Roca match, which he went perfect in, right? Um, and real quick, just to clarify on Alan Collins' numbers and the speed around, how I calculate the accuracy there, those two passes he has, I don't count them against his accuracy rate. I don't like to penalize someone for making a strategic decision to pass because um, when you do that, it's a strategic decision. Um, it's not like he's forced. He's in a spot where he's forced to answer the question. Right. Um, so I know some people were wondering on that or they think it should be one way or the other. That's how I've chosen to do it. And if the league wants to tell me otherwise, I'm more than happy to oblige, but that's just the way I've done it. So when you look at his accuracy numbers, just know that's how I took that into account. But anyways, Adam Collins, you know, he might miss just one question again, but 
Dan Merle has proven he can go perfect in these things and not miss a question. He's also proven that he can play nearly flawless or absolutely flawless up until the last round and still be down a point. Look at that match against Ethan Irwin, right? Uh, to start in New York. I mean, he did come out victorious, but Ethan Irwin had to miss a couple questions, right? So Dan Merle is really just the ultimate competitor when it comes to these five-round match because he's never down and out as much as you might think that he is. But Adam Collins, if he misses two questions, you know, against Dan Merle, that could certainly be it for him because Dan Merle could only miss one or go perfect. It's going to be that close. And it's, it's so trivial what we're talking about here in terms of, of Dan just misses one question. He could lose the match or Dan, if Anacon misses two questions, he could lose the match. I mean, it's that close to me um, that it's going to be decided by a single question, whether it's um, a huge steal opportunity um, answering incorrectly in the speed round. I mean, it's going to be one of those things. Um, and, and that's going to decide the match. And right now, Adam Collins, while he only has one five-round match under his belt, uh, he's played really, really well. He's a Schneider called him a machine. He looked like an absolute machine in this match. He really did. He had everything under control. And I mean, I, I'm this is I I was excited for Paul Yama to play Dan Merle because he's a rookie and you know. He's coming up and trying to make a name for himself. And this was a guy that he kind of idolized coming into the league. We all saw the pictures and saw all that with Paul Yama and Dan Merle, right? But this one, mm. Adam Collins from the ether wins the damn tournament. Has only missed five questions, six questions, whatever, five questions this year. Yeah, it could be obviously go to sudden death. That's all that pop up real quick. It could really. And yeah. then after that, I don't know. You know, Adam Collins has only missed one question the per in, in the first round and then he missed one the bonus right here in this match so damn real is just as good it's gonna be i don't know where you sit brad because this one's tough i've learned over my years in the movie trivia schmodown that dan merle should remove his moniker as dangerous even though he is he should no longer be dangerous dan merle they need to start calling this man the sun because you can count on Dan Merle rising <laughs> up every single time, right? And I, I've I've counted him out prior. I'm not going to do it again. I say six and zero is where it ends, just as it did for Paulo Yama. And we're going to see Dan Merle take down Adam Collins, the Coyote. Although I always love an upset. But Frank, before we before we leave out for this week, there's a couple other things I want to get to. First off. Is it possible? I know statistically maybe it is, but do you think that it's likely that any faction not named Corruption walks away in the number one spot this season? Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's likely? But I think it's likely. <laughs> Again, we're talking about, oh, man, so much has to happen. Um, I think here's the thing. Deception doesn't mm. have to win the team's tournament here. I mean, if they do, they, they lock it up. It's done, right? It's done. But if they only win one match, their odds increase dramatically. If they win two, it's almost just as good as winning the whole thing. If they win two, it's it, it's it's nearly locked, looking at some of the scenarios I've been kind of like putting together. Um, Deception absolutely needs to win their first match. They have to beat Lethal Weapons, and I don't know if they can do it. 
with Ethan Irwin there and a probably and then a fresher Andrew Guy, more focused Andrew Guy, it's gonna be a tough battle. Um, but if they can do that, then Swag's got to win the whole tournament if they want to crack a real serious crack at at the at the faction title here. Let's look at the standings real quick. Look at corruption. Mm. Fifty-five to Swag's forty-eight. That's seven-point lead right now. We we also have coming up, you know, that Wildberries Civil War match. That's Swag versus Corruption right there. That's possible two to three points that can go in either favor of Corruption and Swag. The Horror Free for All is hugely important now because that's three points. Now I don't know who's competing for who in in these from these factions, and we. I, I don't know, you know, if names are going to be revealed. Typically, they're not really for free for alls in the past, right? Maybe we get a few confirmed names, but with the field as small as eighteen players, I don't know who's going to be confirmed here. But if you know, a lot of people are talking about Bibiani and he's quirky marks. Well, if he wins, well, that's completely inconsequential to the top three standings there, and that's good news really for Swag and Finstock. But I don't know who's going to. People have said, can Mark Hoyt come up from corruption? Um, sure, why not? I think he, he could do pretty well. And if, what if he wins it? You know, that's three points. That's huge. You know, that could give him a 10 point lead with, with, you know, how these stands are right now, maybe another two people are saying Dewberry. So now you're looking at 12 possible points before even, you know, we're looking at the team's tournament or deception plays a match and they already have a 12 point lead over swag. It, it could get really, really interesting in terms of a lead that corruption could or could not have. Um, I, I think the exchange though, it's going to take a whole lot. I mean, they got to win out. They got to win out, obviously. Uh, Dan Rose got to beat Adam Collins. They got to win the team. They got to do a whole lot. I mean, they got to win out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's that dire for them because I think Final Exam could win their first match and and then they then they things like exchange and and Swag could meet in the semifinal for the team's tournament. That's that'll be huge. It's going to be, this team's tournament is going to be really really crazy in terms of standings between Swag, the Exchange and Corruption and uh that's really exciting. And man, corruption very fortunate. They're on the side of the bracket all to themselves because they don't got to worry about worrying, running into one of those teams um, and and denying them further chances at points. Really worked out well for corruption because one of those two, the swag and exchange, are going to someone's going to have to knock one of each other off, and and that's beneficial for corruption. Obviously, I think corruption would be rooting for the exchange <laughs> um, just because they're a little bit further behind, but. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens down the road here because uh, this this race is a lot closer than it's it's close, but it could also be fairly comfortable for corruption depending on how things go. I mean, they're really in a great spot. Yeah, you know, as it says right there, there can only be one, and we'll see which team stands tall. Frank Janish, what's our next pay per view? That would be Wild Berries. The Wild Berries, a civil war going down on November the 13th. Now, there was just announced the pre, not the pre-show match, the, uh, uh, what is it called, preliminary match, excuse me, will be between Jim, Jim Kemp and Video Drew, uh, who, by the way, Video Drew, I think I saw her in the chat earlier. I don't know if she's yeah, still there. that's but- right. But video Drew, video Drew was hanging out. Oh, yeah, she's video with the, Drew, with the movies, who, yeah. who I thought, <laughs> <He's here. laughs> oh, okay, she is definitely here. Yeah, who I thought was really good in that match against Mark Riley. Yeah, uh, I thought that she was competitive. You could tell that she's been studying. And then Jen Kemp was good. We saw her in Inner Geekdom, 
right? Did yes. we see her in the singles tournament? No. No, no she was on the she IG. Was she played slotted for, in different scenarios to be in the tournament, but yeah. But she played yeah. uh, free-for-all last year, a little mm-hmm. bit of that. So She yeah. played free-for-all, and then she played Alex Damon, um, I believe, in the opening round right. of the Intergeekdom tournament, if I remember correctly. And she she seemed formidable in Intergeekdom. What her general movie trivia knowledge is, I'm sure it's it's equal to that, and I, I'm, I'm excited to see that. And then Makuga versus Dewberry, Civil War, they ignite. The thing is... I think this might be the most difficult match to predict the outcome to because you've had Elliot Dewberry have these fits of genius and, yeah. and just go out there and do what needs to be done. And then Blue Fairy, who you got in this one? Oh, man. Um, I, I, all, my, I automatically go towards Elliot Dewberry here. Um, but I wouldn't be su- surprised if Makuga were able to pull out that Makuga magic. Um, he could do it, but my money's on Elliot Dewberry. As far as Jen Kemp and, and Video Drew, that is that is a really tough call. It's a tough one. It's really tough because um, I like both these people. And Video Drew's been working at her game. I know Jen Kemp, she's been playing trivia uh, long before Schmodown, and she's been in, in this community quite a while. So it'd be gra- it would be great to see her get a W. That's that's tough. I really don't know because, oh man, that is tough. So I'm deciding. I'm not gonna pick. That's that. Okay, I'm going <laughs> video true. How about that? Um, and and finally, before we wrap up this week, we also have the horror free for all going down at the Skybound Expo on October the 30th. That's this Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That's 12 Central, one Eastern. What's mountain time? Nobody cares. And that's going to be going down on Friday. We don't really know who's all in it, but I'm excited to see it. That's all I know. I don't know who's in it, but I'm excited to see it. Frank Jansh. I I wonder if we'll get like a couple names dropped, revealed throughout the week, maybe on SEM Live or I don't know. I'm coming up next. Aren't you guys supposed to be kind of like the breaking news type of uh, show? So maybe you guys reveal a competitor (laughs) or two. Uh, That's what Christian said. That's what I heard. No, I know, but I just didn't like the disdain in which you said you guys are supposed to be. Oh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I guess. Uh, Well, it's my inner monologue. No, so Um, on 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 Thursday, Jen and I, um, was I right? Lose a hmm? Was I right? Oh, wait, you're saying something else here. We gotta dress. No, no, I did lose a bet. Yeah, yeah. and I believe I'm going to be dressing as Jen Sturger on Thursday. (laughs) A site that everybody wants to see, I'm sure, and uh, and also we have some special plan for for the Halloween season. So I'm I'm looking nice. forward to that show on Thursday. But uh, I don't know who's in the horror free for all. I have an idea, but I don't want to say it because I have literally no inside information. But yeah. I have an idea of a com- potential competitor. But if this person is actually in the free for all, I don't want to spoil it, even though I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, but that doesn't make any sense because you don't know anything. <laughs> I don't know. You're just and you're just like everybody else out there saying, I hope this person's in it. You're no different. I know, but then I don't want the person to actually be in it, and then they say, oh, well, he knew the whole time, and he spoiled it for us. Like, I don't want the backlash from the fandom. Frank, I just don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? All right. Okay. All right. All right. You you, so who's it. your big surprise? Who, who do you think's going to be in it? No, I can't say I think okay. it's uh... well 
no, there was two things. Two things before you wrap up. One, I was I was watching Back to the Future today, right? Mm. And uh, the first one starts off right. October twenty fifth. Today's day, mm-hmm. you know. Mm. Um, we're right around Halloween season. I don't recall seeing Halloween decorations in Back to the Future. What's that about? That's because like, there are. Come none. on, Hill Valley. <laughs> yeah, does Halloween not exist in that world? Like, did they? I thought about this before. I've thought you know? about this before, and I don't know why. They, you know, I should have asked Bob Gale that when I had him on the podcast. Hey, why wasn't Hill Valley decorated for for Halloween? There's literally nothing around. Not even a There's flyer. Nothing. You know, and like the, the talent show wasn't Halloween themed. Marty didn't get no. up there and like perform the monster mash with the pinheads. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But did it hold up? Back to the Future? Did it hold up? Absolutely. Like when is it not? So so, I I guess I can let it. I, I I guess I can let the cat out of the bag. Here's an exclusive for the for the Schmodown rundown. Oh, wow, uh, thank you. coming up. I I think on this it's either this week or next week. Okay. But I have a big guest on Back to the Future the podcast, and the name of the episode is Live from Hill Valley. It's Saturday night. I have Mikey Day. From Saturday Night Live, joining me on Back to the nice. Future the podcast, we talk about everything uh, SNL and Back to the Future on this special edition of the show. Uh, Mikey and I got together on Twitter, and then we made it happen. So awesome, that will be dude. either th- this one or the next one um, coming up soon for Back to the Future the podcast. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about that one. And we, we, I asked him because he worked with Jim Carrey, you know, on Saturday Night Live right. with Jim Carrey playing Joe Biden. I mean, do we think that Jim could be Doc? You know, maybe Jim could be a future Doc. I don't know, but we talk about it and more. Interesting. And, and all all his um all, all the ways that Back to the Future has influenced him in his Saturday Night Live career. You ever see Mikey Day's uh, very early on in early YouTube years where he, they did the Street Magic David Blaine uh, spoof? You ever seen those? No, I don't. Oh know. man, so good. So good, uh, just ridiculous take on David Blaine doing street magic and how people are always um, just fascinated or minds are blown on what David Blaine street magic. Really, really great stuff. Early YouTube, very early. Go, I, I highly suggest you go search that, uh, Brad. It's it's he, really funny. You'll dig it. He said he wrote a skit. This is the last thing I guess I'll I'll give away about it. But he said he wrote a skit uh, <laughs> for the show where. Um, it was just, it was just a shot. It was like a pre-taped thing. It was a shot of, you know, Doc's laboratory and it zooms in on his answering machine as the Libyans calling him <laughs> complaining about the bomb not working. They're like, Hey, uh, it's us, the Libyans. Yeah. Something's really weird about this bomb. You know? <laughs> and then call us back when you get a chance. Boop. Hey, so there's like some pinballs rolling around in this bomb. We don't really understand what's going on. Not give the us a high call. Score. Yeah, right. give us a call. So anyway, um, yeah. So Mikey Day is coming up on on Best awesome. the podcast. So I'm excited but about it. One last thing because I was thinking about this and uh, I saw everyone tweeting about UFC and you know it could be even like his retirement mm-hmm. stuff. And I was like, well, huh? What was it UFC 254 or whatever it was? Mm-hmm. What was it? Right. 254. Right. So I was like, how come we don't number? throwdowns in the schmodown how we don't number live events in the schmodown you know i think because it'd be cool to reference like hey remember uh 
uh, she went on live 17, you know, like when Roka played whoever, you know, like we don't talk about it like that. We, just, we I mean, it's nice to say, you know, remember uh, Brooklyn two, you know, like when Dan Murrow played, you know, and all that. I was just like, can we start? I guess at least we could start unofficially start numbering them. Like, like this past throwdown would be throwdown number 12. So wow. Would it really? Yeah. Yeah, even though it's not online, yeah, we were doing his throwdowns, you know. Well, I like that because that's how I remember the UFC cards better. Like, yeah. I, I remember, oh, yeah, that, you know, John Jones was supposed to fight at UFC 200 and then he had to pull out or whatever, you know. So I, I do I do enjoy that. So maybe maybe that's what we do. Maybe that's what we do going forward. We number spectaculars, free-for-alls, and collisions. That's true. Do we number collisions? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. I know we number yeah, we, spectaculars. We I mean, we didn't, didn't just have three. We had three last year. We were supposed to have four, you know, but uh, everything. So, yeah, we number spectaculars, free-for-alls, collisions. Um, oh, hey, hello there. <laughs> All right. Well, this seems like a good place to, to wrap it up. Now, I believe we got up to $68, um, okay. which is a little short of our one-chip challenge. But, however, we will carry this over. We will carry that $68 over into our live special following the November 13th, um, the November 13th episode, uh, pay-per-view, Throwdown, Throwdown 13. We will we will um, <laughs> carry it over after Throwdown 13, and if we can hit that 250 mark that night, we will do the one chip challenge. Frank Janish, why don't you let the people know where they can find you, or where they can follow you, or where they can stalk you? Well, you can just yeah follow stalking. Well, follow is like at a comfortable distance. Stalking is mm -hmm. an uncomfortable distance. So mm -hmm. yeah, you can follow me at FrankieJ29 on Instagram or Twitter. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah, and uh, remember, go if you haven't subscribed to the Cliffs channel, go subscribe to the Cliffs channel, like all those videos, send them out to your friends and to your family. They actually make for a really great Halloween gift. People don't give Halloween gifts, but you can start by sending them a link to a video, maybe to the Halloween horror, uh, free for all, you know, when after it's live, of course. It says, if I donate a hundred right now, would you eat the chip? Hmm. I'll tell you what, if you donate $100 right now, Frank Janish will definitely eat the chip. <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Frank will eat it if you do it right now. You yeah. have like 60 seconds. You can follow uh, and that's me a, on— 100%. 100%. I will do it. If you do, if Frank Janish will do it right now if you donate that if you donate that $100. So you have about 60 to 90 seconds for that to come in. Um, and thank you, Hamstrack, for getting ready. us to 69 um, so if he gets that hundred dollars, we'll donate it right now. But again, you can check me out uh, at the Brad Gilm at the Brad Gilmore no at Brad Gilmore on all social media. Check out the Brad Gilmore show. Have some cool episodes dropping coming up this week. I believe is Joey Fatone, which has actually already been out there a little bit. And oh boy, oh oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> sexy oh numbers. That's some sexy numbers right there. Oh my goodness. So Frank Janish will do it. We didn't get to the 250, but we're at 169. Right. Uh that includes Canadian. And I am I am too chicken to do this. So yeah. Frank Janish will be like doing said, it. I'm I'm a veteran of these these uh hot challenges, these spicy hot challenges. Did the hot ones challenge with my buddy's <laughs> hot sauces. I did the uh it was like the the hot nuts one with my buddies uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, so, all right. So we're gonna open up. Oh, this I gotta share here. this real quick to yeah. the float. Oh man, because the float needs to know this okay. is going on right now. So, the uh, world yeah. needs to know this going on. So let's, let's... with uh, skulls, fantastic. Um, okay, Vanderous. rules. Rules for the Read challenge. Out. 
rules for the challenge here. It says eat the entire chip. That's number one. Number two, wait as long as possible before drinking or eating anything. Okay. And then post your reaction on social media with one chip challenge and mention at, at, at Packy Chips. Packy Chips. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Okay. If you guys want to okay. hashtag one so chip Frank challenge. So, Frank Janish, let me ask you. Let me ask you. Yeah. How are you with spicy food? I'm, I'm, I can do it. Yeah. Now, on the hot ones, you seem to be sweating when you got to DeBomb. I mean, DeBomb really messed with you. It messes with everybody. Yeah. Okay. All right. So we're at $168. Frank Janish has thankfully agreed to do this. Mm -hmm. Make sure, be careful of the eyes. Oh, <laughs> dude, I'm a pro. I know. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. What to expect. This is what also it says in the, uh, the, the coffin, chip coffin thing. Uh, one, a spicy punch to the tongue. Number two, a fiery jab to the face. Excellent. Uh, mm. Three, impaired vision from tears. Four, a low blow to the gut, and round five uh, says KO. Well, that's that's you don't want to see that. But <laughs> uh, right, okay. So okay, we only have so 118 people in here, huh? Okay. Yeah, so 119 just went up. So Frank Janice is about to do this. So what I want to, I'm going to remove this from it so we can be frameless <laughs> and there will be intermittently. Frank, I will ask you. Uh, questions about the movie trivia schmodown okay. as you digest also, get your, this get, your, get the timer ready on your phone. See how long it can last. Okay. So the timer will start as soon as Frank puts the chip inside of his This chip mouth. is black, yo. <laughs> this, it's a black <laughs> so, chip, like death. So tell us how it smells. Yeah. Tell you us can, how you it can, smells. It doesn't smell, fan, it doesn't smell good at all. Um, yeah. Smells like... Kind of staley type of smell, but like with the yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Part of the chip fell off, so I will have to. So maybe I'll do that first and then eat the whole chip. All right. Oh Re crap! I think that we might actually be. Yo, this is going down. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at no! right now? Did it did it put us over the edge? I don't think so. I think that we were at 160 something because there was $50. I mean, 140 Canadian. So, so that translates like to 100. That, that translates to 100, I think, US American. dollars. Yeah. That's why you so, do it. So that 255. Would be we got 255, Janine says. I think that she's counting. So, no, she's that's Canadian. She knows what it's about. 168. Brad, stop. Just. We're at two we got it. We got it, Red. We got it. <laughs> okay, let me go get a, a bottle of water. You real should. Quick. You really should. You really should. In the meanwhile, um, Brad is. Look. Thank you, everyone. Oh yeah, Kevin Smash just popped in here. Look at that. Look at that here. Let's pop that up. Boom. That's right. You got here just in time, buddy. Uh, uh, we're. This is going to be a whole lot of fun. I think you know what else with Kevin Smets. Uh, he got this uh, like this very spicy uh, uh, jerky. Remember that, Kev? So I don't I don't know what kind of uh, spicy uh, that was, this but is, this that is was not pretty. Okay. That was that was pretty spicy stuff there. This is not okay. See, okay. Kevin Smith, he knows what's up. He knows what's up. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, golly, Jesus, Lord, my Savior. We just oh, uh, just a little cracking too. Okay. I feel like. It's like, I can, the aroma is, oh my is like, good lord in heaven. Right? 
What is this devil magic? <clears throat> so this smells like a fart box. Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. Not <laughs> it doesn't good, though. smell good. It smells terrible. This it smells suck. absolutely terrible. Okay, so Frank, when do, when do we begin this? Um, like soon, I guess, here. Yeah. Um, you ready? I think Kevin's trying to make us say, says don't drink water. Yeah, I know that. Why, why are we not supposed to drink coke? water? Because it just, it, it, it feels good for like an instant, you know. <laughs> so oh this right. is, oh my oh my gosh oh my god i just put my tongue to it real quick terrible idea yeah 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 all right you ready you ready all right three two one go <clears throat> oh yeah Oh, 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 oh. The worst part is that you got to chew it. Oh, 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 <laughs> this is terrible. This oh, it's nasty. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. Okay, we've gone 30 seconds. Um, oh, my gosh. My mouth is very hot. Um, Frank All right. <laughs> Frank Janish. Who won the first free-for-all? Oh, Sam Levine. Who won the second one? Brandon Chandler. Why? I mean... Um, she answered all 25 or something like that. Um, oh, no. What was the main event spectacular one? That was um, Dan Merrill versus Mark Ellis. No, no. <clears throat> oh, no. <laughs> this sucks. Whoa. Woo. Oh, I'm tearing up. <sighs> Yo, dude. Oh. Mm -mm. F all that. Oh my gosh. Temporary relief. That's all. Um. Ah. Ah. <laughs> mm -mm. Mm -mm. Ah. I hate all of you. This is not good. I need bread. Ooh. Okay. I think we gotta wrap this up. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Oh my god. Can I have this? Should I drink this? No, right? I hate all of you. I'll be right back. I'll be right back. Hey, seriously, my hands, my like fingers, and my hands are going numb. 
My hands are going numb. I can't feel my right hand at all. Mm. This is uh, such a terrible idea. At the time, it seemed like I was going to be all right. I'm far from okay. Tears are about to come out of my eye. When I agreed to do this show all those years ago, I never thought I'd be doing this. What the hell is in this shit? Oh my God. Do not eat if you're sensitive to spicy food. Oh, look, the peppers. If you have nightshades or Caucasian, I mean, <laughs> not Caucasian, capsation. Yeah. Are you pregnant? Not, not anymore. Do I have any medical conditions? I just developed one. Oh. Oh. I milk Man, good. dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's been four minutes, and I still am having issues. My hand is going numb. Don't touch your eyes or other sensitive areas. Don't be Jeffrey Tubin on the live stream here. Oh, or Giuliani. All right. This is a tortilla. It's kind of like bread. Oh, my goodness. Seek medical attention or assistance. Should you experience difficulty breathing, fainting, or extended nausea, what the hell are we doing this for? <laughs> this is $250 that we don't even get. <laughs> I need more milk. Okay. 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 <laughs> Honestly, when I went to the kitchen, I thought I was like getting better. <clears throat> yeah. And then I had the milk, and I feel like it's... Whatever the guy's name was that I couldn't pronounce, that added all these monies from Canada... This is a reason why Canada does not rock. Canada sucks. Oh my God, it just touched my nose. Oh. <laughs> it's not good. Wait, okay. okay. So, yeah, me saying I was a spicy vet, yeah, it means I've done it. Doesn't mean I'm good at it. <laughs> it just means I've done it. it doesn't mean I'm good. I make, I make my own spicy food all the time. I put like habanero peppers. Serrano's, oh. this is nothing. I've never, I've never felt anything like this before. This is why we have the two-time award-winning <laughs> after show for a reason, even though we can't win the award anymore. Oh my gosh. I'm out of milk. I should have just brought the whole damn half gallon. <sighs> okay, my nuts are tingling and I, I don't know why. Did you, you said not to touch your sensitive parts, Brad. I didn't touch any sensitive parts. <laughs> Okay. Oh, my name is the Pope Brad Gilmore. You can follow me on all social media. Hey, Frank, real quick though. Yeah. Name all existing or former members of the Horseman. All right. So, John Roca, Matt Nost, Tony Bibiani, Robert Meyer Burnett, uh -huh. oh Zidman, my God. Mark Riley, mm -hmm. Dan Marone. Right. Uh, who else is there? I mean, I guess Ben Bateman, right? Oh my gosh. Um, 
Yeah. Okay. My name is Brad Gilmore. You might know me by another name. You might know me as. Oh my God! You're <clears> my dreamboat <throat> for sure. His name is Frank Jenkins. You can follow him at Frankie Twenty Nine on Twitter. Sexy numbers from a sexy player. Love those numbers. Sexy numbers. I love those numbers. I'm Thank feeling you. really good about those. Oh, I'm feeling those numbers. Uh, this is the showdown rundown number 200 and never again. And <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you all hopefully, in <laughs> hopefully in the near future next week. I'm good. I can do a whole new show right now. You can? Yeah, I'm pretty good right now. Yeah. Okay. Good night, guys. Smash cancer. Smash cancer. Love you, Kevin. Have you made the switch to NYX? Millions of women have made the switch to the revolutionary period underwear from NYX. That's K-N-I-X. Period panties from NYX are like no other, making them the number one leak-proof underwear brand in North America. They're comfy, stylish, and absorbent, perfect for period protection from your lightest to your heaviest days. They look, feel, and machine wash just like regular underwear, but feature incognito protection that has you covered. You can shop sizes from extra small to 4XL. Choose from all kinds of colors, prints, and different styles, from bikinis to boy shorts, thongs to high-rise. You've got to try NYX. See why millions are ditching disposable, wasteful period products and have switched to NYX. Go to knix.com and get 15% off with promo code TRY15. That's nyx.com promo code TRY15 for 15% off life-changing period underwear. That's knix.com.